0: 1-2 pitch, ball lined to Yout, it's short! He throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yout, makes a great catch!
1: And won, the Amos has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history!
0: Swings and here it is! A face hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's has gone. Brown! A two-run home run! The Brewers take the lead! Morgan a smash up the middle.
2: You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam Mickey. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcasts, the, the long season rolls on, Adam. The, uh, the dark days of the Reds and Pirates series are beyond us, and the Milwaukee Brewers have put together a small but potentially meaningful winning streak they finish off a homestand with a two-game sweep of the Tampa Bay Rays, and there's reason for optimism heading into the most important week of their season thus far. First of all,
3: how you doing? I'm doing great. Technically, they do not have a winning streak; they've won two consecutive games. So we need one are more we, are, for a streak. Let's Are hope we, we going by it? the?
2: Are we going by like the what is it? The Major League or is it the Bull Durham rules? I can't remember. Uh... What I just th- is. this is the
3: this is the rules of a streak. I can't remember the quote either, but it's two is not a streak. It's got to be beyond two. So, you know, if based on what had gone before this, based on the previous week, stringing two wins together, no small feat for the Brewers. But let's make it a winning streak. How about that? What's what's coming on the horizon? I can't think of a better time in the season for the Brewers to officially get on a winning streak.
2: If we win today, it's called two in a row. If we win again tomorrow, it's called a winning streak. So there, there we, go. we go. I took the liberty of of uh, Googling the Lou Brown tweet from Major League Two, it says. But I think it's – is it really Major League Two? Who knows? Anyway, um, moving on to the actual series itself, uh, obviously this was as important of a two-game stretch could be in middle of August – And as uh, uh, Glenn McReynolds and Everybody Wants Some says, Nez, this is the best day of my life, you know, until tomorrow. And that's the case for the Milwaukee Brewers right now. It's the most important day of their season until the next day. Uh, Coming off a stretch where the conversation was all around the trade deadline, trade of Josh Hader, that's all in the rearview mirror. The tough series against the Reds and Pirates are in the rearview mirror. They may matter coming down to the end of the season where – you know, there's no more game 163. I think I read online they do not own the tiebreaker with the Padres. They don't own the tiebreaker with the Philadelphia Phillies. They could still yet own the tiebreaker with the St. Louis Cardinals because they are 6-6 six and six against one another. Every game against the Cardinals now takes on this added importance. Every game in the schedule takes on this added importance, and that's why it's important that they were able to take down the Rays, a team that is Similarly fighting for their playoff lives right now as the Baltimore Orioles make a charge up the wild card standings and something, (coughs) excuse me, that nobody saw coming. They traded Trey Mancini and somehow they continue to win baseball games. It's wild. Um, Going into Tuesday uh, night's baseball game after the off day on Monday, the Brewers decided to flip flop starting pitchers in the rotation. Freddie Peralta heading to the mound against uh, the Rays on Tuesday after originally being scheduled to start on Wednesday. And this was another game where the Brewers were staked to an early lead and would would relinquish it, but fight back. Uh, scoring got started off in the first inning. Andrew McCutcheon, a ground rule double to score Christian Yelich. Um, in the second inning, a Tyron Taylor single scored Luis Arias. The Brewers are staked to a 2-0 lead. Uh, Freddie Peralta had a really solid day in his in his second start back um, off the IL. He actually threw fewer pitches than he did in his first start, uh, but he did go an additional inning, I believe. So five innings pitch, two hits, two runs, both of them were earned, and four strikeouts. The run came in the third inning, a Yandy Diaz home run to right center field. But Freddie Peralta continues to look comfortable on the mound and continues to look like a guy that's going to contribute positively in this stretch run. and. That is the most comforting thing to see, and in addition to getting the win. But really just one, one mistake on the day, five innings of mostly clean baseball, uh, very positive development and probably on an accelerated timeline more than even we thought when he started his rehab.
3: Yeah, looking, looking very comfortable uh, getting to a point where it feels like we're not going to have to – Think about the past and his injury very soon. He's just going to be out there like any other starting pitcher. Um, some of those limitations will come off, and hopefully you get to see some quality starts from Freddie very, very soon. This was much better. He is all around looking very good. There was a funny moment with him. I think it was in the first inning where he was chasing after an infield pop-up and trying to go full Corbin Burns and get it for himself. And seemed to have misjudged it pretty poorly before Willie Adama's just came charging in and called him off of it and took care of business himself, which was maybe a good idea. I don't know. Are the pitchers getting too invested in catching pop-ups, Andrew? Who could say? Corbin Byrne seems to have got it down. um, But Freddie seemed to want one, and Willie wisely helped his friend out there. But he's looking very, very good, and that's – particularly welcome right now like this is a good example of a game where let's say three weeks ago when the starting rotation pitching wise was just in shambles because of injuries there's a lot more variance here and you could end up losing this game you can't afford to it feels like the brewers are getting back to having a very reliable baseline for what their starting pitching is and then it's just like okay offense take care of things and the offense has not been the problem lately.
2: Uh, also of note, you mentioned um, Willie Adamas, you know, helping out a starting pitcher. Tyrone Taylor also did that in the second inning. David Peralta it's a deep fly ball to center field. Tyrone Taylor robs it. It was going to be a home run. It would have got over the wall if Tyrone Taylor was not there in the postgame uh, kind of uh, media scrum. He said that was the coolest thing he's done on defense, something you dream of as a kid. So uh, that was cool. Andrew McCutcheon's re- response to that uh, was Torrey Hunter, who, if you are a baseball historian, you'll remember uh, Torrey Hunter in the All Star game robbing Barry Bonds of a home run in a similar spot at the AMFAM wall, Miller Park at the time, obviously. But yeah, that was a, a cool moment in the game as well. Freddie, like you said, becomes reliable. The offense gets enough to get the job done. 2 2 in the fifth inning. After Peralta has been removed, uh, Freddie McCutcheon – or Freddie McCutcheon – Freddie Peralta is the pitcher. Andrew so was McCutcheon, that a trade
3: deadline acquisition?
2: Freddie McCutcheon, uh, the <laughs> latest the latest member of the got Brewers' offense. They did. Andrew McCutcheon, singles to center to score Willie Adamas. Uh Colton Wong follows that up with a double to make it 5-2 in the fifth. From there on, the Brewers would get uh, mostly good relief pitching. Trevor Gott throws a scoreless inning. In the uh, sixth, in the seventh, Jose Siri, a um, trade deadline pickup for the Rays, would uh, double to score David Peralta, but get thrown out trying to stretch it to a triple. Willie Adamas, a great relay relay throw to get him at third. Uh, Milner would then get out of the the inning there. Uh, Brad Boxberger throws a scoreless inning. And then Matt Bush, his first save opportunity as as a brewer. Actually, I think he had a lead when he came into that Manfred ball game. So nevertheless, his first bottom of the ninth inning, non-fake baseball uh, save opportunity for the Brewers, comes in, fires a scoreless inning with two strikeouts. He looked great dominant, that 98-mile-an-hour fastball really playing up in that inning. And that secures a, a 5-3 Brewers win. And like you said, all in all, it's a combination of reliable pitching and just enough offense to get the job done and winning a game that, technically probably isn't a must win but with the Cardinals on the schedule the Dodgers coming up on the schedule a game the Brewers had to win and a game they did win and it uh it's something that that lowered our heart rates a little bit you know except when we were talking about Baz last night on a movie podcast
3: I I think it was a must win I honestly think both these games were um I don't know the extent we'd be saying that if they had lost them, because it would be like, "Look, you can get this straight back." You know, the team you have to worry about having lost ground to. You now have a chance to get a strike back, but uh, the Dodgers have won ten straight, and they are looming beyond that. So, I think the reality is <laughs> the Brewers are not about to go on a you know twelve game winning streak of their own that will see them through all of that in a really strong position without dropping some games. So I don't think they could afford to drop games to the Tampa Bay Rays because there's a chance you lose at least one to the Cardinals and anything you lose to the Cardinals will be very costly. And the Dodgers, it's really going to be self-preservation. Just what can you get? How much can you get Brewers? Because anything you're going to get out of those games and holding your own is going to be a real bonus.
2: So three straight sweeps, 10 straight wins. If they sweep the Royals in Kansas City, which I would bet bet on it, they will have won 13 in a row. The odds are in our favor, Adam. They can't possibly win 17 in a row. A split is incoming against the Dodgers. Um, moving on to the second game of the series, uh, a uh, another one of the – I feel like the Brewers have had a lot of these uh, just – like early afternoon series finales in these random two-game series. And just, I feel like there have just been an inordinate number of them. Maybe that's not true. Maybe it's a, the nature that, of the
3: season. Uh, see, I just assume that is a thing that happens because it nearly has always happened in every series this season. So is that not the case?
2: I mean, the businessman
3: special, I think, was what you described yeah, that as early in the season?
2: It does happen enough, but maybe because I'm just more locked into the season than I've ever been in any baseball season in my entire life, it just stands out to me more because I'm more inclined to be like, okay, let me arrange my calendar around this baseball game. So that could be it. So it could be, uh, what is it, confirmation bias, uh, recency bias, all of them combined. Uh, So the, the this game would pit Jeffrey Springs against Brandon Woodruff. Uh, One of the opportunities for the lineup to look weird um, because because of a combination of facing a left-handed pitcher uh, and uh, trying to get some guys a day off, rowdy in particular. Uh, And in the first inning, you know, Brewers Twitter often when these uh, decisions are made, spend the next few hours from the lineup coming out debating whether or not it's the right thing to do. And in the first inning, the two guys in the lineup, uh, Bloop single from from Mike Brasso scores Andrew McCutcheon. Bloop single from Kesson scores Mike Brasso. The Brewers are staked to a 2-0 lead Um, after the first inning. And another game where things would get away from them and they would relinquish the lead. Uh, I need to to stop
3: you there on that because I need to let people who may not be in our Discord, but who may be regular listeners, I need to make them aware of the stakes here when Mike Brasso and Kesson came out on their A game. Because yep. you could say Brewers Twitter this, Brewers Twitter that. I know a man who co-hosts the Milwaukee Brewers podcast with me, whose response to this starting lineup was, if Bross and Kestlin get six RBIs or more, I'm going to sing on the podcast again. Now, six is a, there's a pretty safe mark that you're setting for yourself there, I will say. You weren't fully putting your neck out there. But... When they both come out and they have RBI's in the first, it gets kind of interesting. So how were you feeling? that? It? Uh, good.
2: It's about making a deal with the universe that uh, really pays off for you, because obviously I have to sing. I punish myself. My voice is not in the greatest spot right now because of my respiratory issues. And, you know, it punishes the audience as well. You don't want to hear me sing you probably will again before the season's over if some, some good things happen. So I was really just trying to will a couple of uh, multi-run homers into existence. But I see it's a negotiation with the universe and the baseball gods, Adam. I aimed high and I think we ended up in a spot that we still liked a couple of first inning runs from Mike Brasso and Hira. So I was very pleased with it. I wish I was singing to you right now, but I will continue to make uh, further deals with the baseball gods and see where we shake out. I mean, we'll, you can, uh, if you're in the discord, you might be able to, uh, to watch a baseball game with us soon. And, you know, maybe, maybe I sing there, who knows? Um, but yeah, stake to a first inning lead. Thanks to Mike Brasso and Castanjura. Uh It would go away in the third uh, David Peralta. He who was robbed of a Homer the night before uh, gets his slight revenge single to right field to score Francisco Mejia who had doubled. I think there was two outs in, in the inning when that happened. Two-strike pitch to David Peralta, and he drives it into right field to score Mejia. In the fifth inning, Yu Chang would hit a homer to make it 2-2, and then in the seventh, Randy Arrozarena would homer to make it 3-2. So Brandon Woodruff overall re- looked really good, had a really good day on the mound. The, the two homers and the two-strike single to Peralta did the damage, but seven-innings pitched, four hits, three runs, all of them earned, five strikeouts, no walks. The two homers really being just what uh, makes this line look not quite as good as it was trending. And, but I still think just on the whole, when you're projecting how you feel about this brewer starting rotation, seeing what Freddie did the day before, and then seeing Woodruff continually get into the seventh inning and, and rack up low pitch counts as he's doing it. He's getting enough strikeouts and then he's getting outs via contact so that he's not getting into deep, deep counts and running his pitch count up and, uh, I just couldn't be more happy with, despite the homers, with the way Brandon Woodruff looks right now.
3: I thought, like, obviously he gives up no walks. I thought his control was absolutely exceptional yesterday. And in part, I feel this may be really stupid, but I feel he's almost paying for how much he's just painting things around the strike zone because anything is slightly off. All of a sudden it hangs over the middle and you're increasing the odds of a homer. Um, because everything was just right around the edges, like uh, real pinpoint accuracy. I was very, very impressed with the command that he was he was showing yesterday, not always necessarily getting the calls for them because he was playing that game where it's like, I'm able to pick out the finest margins here and I'm going to ask the questions of the umpire. So that was something that was striking to me. And in part, I was thinking, you know what? Some of the risk of that is it doesn't take very much if you're going for the corners and the edges and you're not necessarily playing with movement off the plate, something like we may see a lot more from Corbin Burns, your margin for error shrinks and that all takes us a little slight bit off where you want it. And there's there's a chance to hit one really hard. And uh, that feels like something that happened yesterday.
2: He's gambling on his stuff, beating you even if he misses. And it obviously did not pay off on two on two swings that being said i think i like times out of
3: ten it does it's the thing
2: and i like him playing those odds rather than getting into a situation where he's putting a lot of guys on base via the walk and just tempting fate so yeah he i mean there were moments in this game where he was just absolutely locked in and then uh, if he if he could have gotten out of the the seventh inning without the arose arena homer we're talking about Adding another beard, Brandon Woodruff's collection. I don't think he's done adding them this season. If he continues to to look as locked in as he is, and if, if he can cut down on on the homers allowed, uh, high stress after uh, after that inning. Adam um, Brad Boxberger would would come on and load the bases with one out. Hobie Milner in that eighth inning would then do what Hobie Milner does and um, come in and strain runners. A uh, a pair of strikeouts and the inning's over. I uh, I was looking at the stat. I don't have it anymore. I had it in my had it in my window last night. Thanks to our friend Numak who had provided his stranded runners rate in the in the Discord. I believe it was uh, first in the National League and maybe uh, second to raise pitcher Jason Adam in baseball, if I remember correctly. But uh, Mil- Milner had uh, had the the tough inning the night before where he allowed two hits and an earned run bounces back immediately, just doing the thing that he's been uh, doing all year, which is being dropped into these very difficult situations and pitching his way out of it and coming in that point of this game where they're down a run game's not over, though, if the things get away from them in that eighth inning, it very well could be the demoralizing blow that that puts them out of this game. And instead, it's just another moment in the Hobie Milner lore, and uh, you'll love to see it. Uh, Trevor Gott would come in and throw a scoreless, uh, or excuse me. Um, before that, we go to the ninth inning, down 3-2. Rowdy Tellez at the plate had been subbed in as a pinch hitter earlier in the game once the Tampa Bay Rays um, removed the left-hander Jeffrey Springs from the game. Didn't get a hit in his first at bat. Comes to the plate down 3 2 and sends a solo home run over the fence, ties the game, big moment, ties it at 3 3. You and I were pretty, we were pretty down uh, going into that ninth inning. We had another podcast to record to talk about movies, and the game was coming down to the wire. And we were like, man, we're going to go into this movie podcast. We're going to be disappointed uh, because the Brewers lost the game and they could have won. And then rowdy rescues us from our depression by just absolutely clobbering in baseball
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast
1: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
3: Big Randy did what Big Randy does. You know, he came in, he saved the day. Uh, even Craig Council could not stop Randy's lens from just hitting dingers and doing more, which we'll, we'll get to in a second. Um, He has now retaken the home run lead from Willie Adamez. He is, I believe, seven runs clear in the RBI lead on the team. We will get to the Master Brewer leaderboard, where he is also building a, a lead for himself in that department too. And it just speaks to his consistency where, honestly, it feels like whether there are ups or downs, every series right now, he finds a game or he finds a way to do something where you're like, okay, well, that swung a game in the Brewers' direction. Or he did everything there to give the Brewers a chance to win. Um, Just more than anyone else, he's the guy you can rely on to do that right now. I don't know if this was just buying him a day off. He struggled the day before and left-handed pitching. I do wonder, because he had a day off pretty recently. Obviously, the Brewers had a day off Before this series, they have a day off today between series. So you mentioned that earlier. I think that is being charitable about it. And I, as much as I get playing around with some of those things, Keston Hura has been great lately. Keston Hura is not the answer. The numbers show that in for Rowdy against lefties. I'm all for getting Keston more opportunities right now. And actually, the one thing that I think we need to shout out, because pretty stunned by it is two brilliant defensive plays Keston made for base this game. One where he's essentially like lying prostrate, like facing out into the outfield, somehow keeping his foot on the bag. Um, yeah, that for, for a really impressive out. Not the kind of thing you usually expect from.
2: That was a ground ball. Uh, Willie Adamas going to his backhand side <clears throat> with Reindeer Rosarena running. So he has no time to think about it. Just ball and glove, ball out of hand. On the ground, casting here, like you said, laying out on the corner of the base, keeping his toe on the base and making a play. Yeah, very impressive play. That's a good call up. Uh,
3: but, some of rowdy- yeah, with go ahead. That, no, just with that, it's, I, I think Council needs to be, I, I, this should just be so obvious when you look at the impact that guys are bringing to the team. He's got to be careful not to get too cute already, Klez at this point in the season because even in games where, You're like, he doesn't have it, he doesn't have it, he's struggling. He is more than any other player on this team, it feels like just capable of that big game changing moment, as we saw here. So like I think even speaking post game, um, he was asked, had he seen is it is it poshe? Is that how you pronounce? Uh
2: it might I think it's it's either poshe or posh.
3: I think it's Pache because see, I I know how I would try to pronounce that, but the, the question is always, how does America pronounce it? Um, I Rowdy was asked after the game if he'd ever gone up against Pache before, and he's like, "Yeah, don't think I'd ever had a hit," and that is kind of Rowdy, like that sort of thing doesn't mean anything, and he could be out for four and come to the plate in a real high-stakes situation and we have seen him multiple times this season just be like okay well it's time to hit a homer um there isn't a player on the team that i just have more confidence in and that's beyond him just being my guy and the, the guy i like to see play most often it's like if someone has to defy the odds and go against something that has been their i guess their mo what their their profile looks like from a scouting perspective for the season in important games when the Brewers need to win every single game they can, I want to see as much Radita as possible. And to give give Council credit, because we obviously let off like Keston and Brasso got big hits. Keston had a good defensive game. That worked out here. And I will tip my hat to Craig, because he did not wait around like he has previously in the season with Getting pinch hitters in. And that applies not just to Rowdy, but to Colton Wong right now, too, who has been really, really good, uh, batted in two runs the night before. Getting those two guys in the game was the right move. And ultimately, it changed the game, changed the game with Rowdy having a homer. But it is something that, to bring us full circle almost early in the season, I am going to be monitoring because I feel like it's happened twice in a pretty short span of time. And this is also in a stretch where. Rowdy has kind of got it going. It doesn't mean that there aren't bad games in their game. One of this series was, um, but Rowdy has not been, for example, the Hunter Renfro guy this season where Hunter Renfro gets absolutely scorchingly red hot and then just goes ice cold. That has not been Rowdy. Rowdy is the guy that every two to three games reliably, he's just going to keep trucking along. He'll give you something big. And then the games in between, he often just finds a way to get hits and get on base. I just think with the situation the Brewers are in and at the point of the season we're at, we need to see as much a rowdy as possible.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I I credit full credit to council for those two moves playing, paying off in the first inning. And then as quickly as he was able to get the next uh, platoon of guys into the game, I still am. I still lane where you do and say, yeah, Keston versus lefties isn't the, the answer and keep Rowdy in the lineup. It's not like if you had traded for Christian Walker or Josh Bell at the deadline, that's another thing, but this is not that. Um, and uh, so we'll move on to the, the uh, Manford ball after Ra- Rowdy's dramatic homer. And then I want to read some quotes. Um, we get to, to extra innings, Devin Williams on the mound. Uh, Trevor Gott had pitched a scoreless ninth before Rowdy's homer. Uh, in that 10th inning, uh, first batter of the inning, hits a ground ball to first base uh, to Rowdy Telez. I believe it was uh, Taylor Walls, who I absolutely hate on the Rays, um, hits, hits a ground <laughs> ball to Tellez. Uh Rowdy recognizing catcher Francisco Mejia on second base as the zombie runner. Uh, throws him out at third base, cuts down that go-ahead runner, and it's a big swing in the inning because you go from having a runner in th- on third base uh, with one out and a situation where you would hope a major league baseball team can get that run in, even if it's with a fly out or a ground out. And instead you, f- you flip the field, you go from runner on third with one out to runner on first with one out. Great play by Rowdy, just absolutely heads up baseball. And it turns into <laughs> a defensive, uh, masterclass for the Brewers that inning. Uh, w- one of the things, uh, Rowdy said about, uh, that play and it just shows like him thinking the game in the moment he says i just looked up and he was a ways away referring to mejia he actually runs pretty well for a catcher so i knew i had to make a good throw and i was able to do that good for Weicho to cover we had a good game all around i think defensively our bats lacked a little bit but we like to have a little fun at the end and boy did they (laughs) and the uh next at bat taylor walls on uh First base after that, I messaged you at the time. I was like, Walls definitely taking off against uh, Williams. Williams, you know, slow to the plate. Uh, Walls can't hit at all. His only value is defensively and via his speed on the base pass. Victor Caratini makes an absolutely perfect throw uh, to get him out. So two outs in the inning based on two stellar defensive plays. Devin Williams strikes out Jose Siri. We're on to the bottom of the 10th. Tyron Taylor on second base as the zombie runner Yelich leads off the inning, intentionally walk Yelich. And then with the game on the line, Willie Adamas shortens up, doesn't try to swing for the fences. He had had a tough game going into this uh, at bat uh, after having a really good game in the first game of the series where he reached uh, base via two singles and a walk. He was 0 for four with three strikeouts going into this at bat singles, to left field wins the game, walk off single, Huge home run from Rowdy, huge defensive plays from Rowdy Thales and Victor Caratini and the 10th strikeout from Williams. And then Willie Adamas comes through in the clutch. Like you said, another must win game leading into this Cardinal series. And just this Brewers team, after all the conversation around what clubhouse morale was looking like after the Josh Hader trade, uh, bounce back and re- what the way Rowdy describes it again this is just like the Rowdy Tellez quote show but it's fine uh it shows we have some it shows we have fight in us it was a stretch where the, we weren't playing too well I think we got a little comfortable and the Cardinals just really put the pressure on us we need to step it up these two wins against another team that's competing for a position in the playoffs was big for us and right now it's just two wins but considering uh where in, I mean it could be something that is a big moment when you're talking about when did the brewers turn it around it had to start here and now it has to continue into
3: st louis i will say i have concerns i i have pretty significant concerns because for all of the the good feeling that winning these two games heading into a crucial series promotes um you look at the bullpen and um, this will get us to well, honestly, maybe the most significant Brewers news of the last few days, as much as two wins help us move on and forget it somewhat. Um, but you look at the bullpen and you get Trevor Gott both days, Hobie Milner both days, Brad Boxberger both days, you get Devin once, you get Matt Bush once. Bush, that's a positive development. Like if, if he can be even close, he doesn't have to be that good. If he's that good, it's going to be really useful. Um, but if he is reliable in the vein of the likes of Gott and Milner, That will be valuable. Taylor Rogers has a knee problem that he had not been talking about. He himself revealed because he didn't want people to be like, oh, he's using it as an excuse for his struggles. I am very curious as to to what extent all of the various parties in that trade were aware of it then. The Padres, the Brewers, the Padres to tell the Brewers what Taylor Rogers told the team trading for him which based on how things were going for him in San Diego would probably have been not a lot to get out of there and now he's got cortisone shots in his knee to try and see if this solves the problem Um, this would be a short term fix and short term fixes don't always work out and this trade has just been pretty catastrophic on all fronts early on for everybody (laughs) for everybody Josh Hader truly got rocked um
2: i think the guy who if it's small samples all the way around the guy that's been the best that was involved in this trade was denelson lemet and it was his two scoreless <laughs> innings for the rockies but it came against the card was the best for Denel- the brewers
3: from the trade yeah, Den- so far denelson, yeah, the brewers, Lemaitre,
2: more. brewers legend already but yeah uh just a like it's just funny like it, it goes to show you the volatility of relievers in general um it was especially with Hater's performance, I guess the Giants are just like Hater's tormentor now. Like two of his worst outings of the year were both Giants. Uh, the Rogers thing is concerning. Um, very, I'm very encouraged by Matt Bush. I think his stuff looks has his stuff has looked good every start or, or every appearance. But even if he had some bad appearance, looked really great in the save against the Rays. But if Rogers is not able to be a main cog in that bullpen that hurts um maybe you make up for it when Adrian Hauser returns and you get slot ashby into a bullpen roll maybe
3: but i still i, I still think, think you need more than I, that like as it is i think they need that and looking at their depth right now like cousins is gonna be crucial cousins coming back and looking good is gonna be really really important for them but i again i know this isn't the first time we've said it uh ashby in a bullpen role once Hauser is back and kind of projecting ahead for what you hope is going to be the playoffs and at minimum is going to be a playoff-esque you know, level of intensity night-to-night to, night to try and make it to the postseason. I also would be giving some strong consideration to Ethan Small and just being like, let's look at this. They just seem so committed to him as a starter and based on the evidence we have seen, he is nowhere near ready for that. And um, he doesn't really have the pitch mix to be ready for that at a major I league level. Be,
2: I would be interested to see what small stuff looks like in a short-inning role. Yes. Because he's not a power pitcher, obviously, by any means. But he's got the the spin rate that obviously – or the – whatever he calls the spin efficiency that plays with hitters' eyes. Can he get into the mid-90s going uh, in an empty the tank inning and turn into – Kind of another power lefty out of the bullpen. That's a very interesting idea, especially if Rogers if this becomes a long-term thing. Because a big talking point about why they made the hater trade when they did is because they viewed Rogers as a like for like. They were like, oh, we're getting these prospects and we're also approximating Josh Hader's value. And if that's not part of the calculus for the second half of the season, that that diminishes things and it hurts your team. Um so yeah, like you said. Day off today, got this shot yesterday. He was, uh, I think they said he was available on Wednesday, but I feel like that was a game you probably would have put him in in the ninth inning if he was truly available. I don't know. Yeah, it may be a um, bad
3: idea to put the guy with the bad knees. It's so bad you're having to get him a shot then into the game. Like, it's just, you need him now, but you also need him down the line if anything is to be real here. Yeah, but if you're is gonna, struggling claim struggling too. Like when they made the move, remember the narrative was, "Oh, you know, we've got flexibility, we've got options. We could go box in the ninth, we can go Rogers in the ninth, we can go Devon in the ninth." So far, thankfully, we it was actually in the tenth yesterday when we saw Devon. Um, but so far, Devon hasn't exactly looked at home. There, I don't expect that to be an issue long term. It's going to work itself out. But you don't have the options you were talking about. Maybe Bat Bush has to emerge to give you those options. It's just... They made a trade that, like, a week ago were like, why do they need so many relievers? Which was a valid concern, because they couldn't actually have all of the relievers they acquired on the roster. And immediately, we look at the outcome from two of the relievers involved in that deal. The two reliever is ready now. It's like you're talking Lamette and you're talking Rogers. Lamette has to do his his work for the Brewers from afar. He won't get too many opportunities but if he finds anyone in the Brewers pad If he can do exactly what he did to the Cardinals, that would be welcome. The, the Brewers need Rogers, and if they don't, they've got to start getting very proactive within how they're reworking their own pitching options to get ready for just an absolutely brutal stretch because more than anything, I think the intensity is going to be there and got to win this game, got to win this game, got to win this game night after night, the whole way in. Like they're just not going to have the, mar- the margin for error. And with how the Cardinals have trended in recent months, it also doesn't feel like something that you're in a spark. Like, oh, you know, it doesn't hurt us to lose this many games or that many games because they're also going to do that. The Cardinals have put together some really strong runs, and all it would take is you know one or two more of those to coincide with struggles for the Brewers, and all of a sudden the Cardinals will be off into the distance. So, I do have concerns like this version of the Brewers and the Brewers from a pitching perspective that we saw in these two games. I like it; no problems there. The problem is that you're almost going with the exact same guys two nights in a row. At the moment, you don't necessarily have the depth to mix things up beyond that.
2: Well, that's what raises more questions than not about the extent of his injury, because if you say he got the shot, now he's available and you you don't pitch him in a game where you're having to include those guys on back-to-back nights is it one of those situations like you guys are talking about with the bucks often where you're like how much are they telling us about yes this guy's availability and when he's back i hope and, I in I this hope case though, so it's tell hope...
3: how much is he telling everyone <laughs> it's a fair question to to ask
2: yeah i, c- I can empathize there you know <laughs> it doesn't want to seem like he's making excuses but uh around the trade deadline it's tough uh we hope he's back and back to normal uh but yeah, that's it's a big deal. Obviously, they will have the options coming back. We have the idea of Trevor Rosenthal as a pitcher that will eventually be on this team. It's just it's just an idea right now. It's not, well, it's not another, real. It's not real. He
3: was the he was the guy they inherited knowing there was injury problems. So now that it's coming around to oh, well, you know, hopefully he could be back soon. That's tough. That is not ideal. I mean, the other side of this is you get away with this in this series somewhat because Brandon Woodruff again goes seven innings. And as Freddie yeah. Peralta continues to build up and hopefully we can start to see him going six and seven occasionally, that'd be great. Uh, Corbin has given plenty of seven inning starts throughout the year. There've been a couple bumpier ones of late that happens every now and then. If he could get in a groove consistently with seven and a little bit more out of some of the other guys like Ashby, It can always be you don't know what you're going to get. Eric Lauer had a seven-inning start lately. Like Every time someone can go six and every time someone can go beyond six is just a major win for this team right now because you're giving yourself a chance to preserve your bullpen. And your A bullpen is still really, really good, but the depth is not showing there right now, and that is a concern.
2: Uh, and honestly, get back to scoring runs the way you were against the Rockies, Twins, and Red Sox, and then you can go Brent Suter for a couple innings in the middle of a game and save guys innings there. So combination of starting pitchers and the offense can make it easier for the bullpen for the second half of the season as well. Um, yeah, and I think this is a good – I mean, you probably knew this, but this is a good – another just, like, thing to add to your vast, now vast – uh, toolbox of baseball knowledge just the volatility of relievers within a given season and then the volatility of like a bullpen as a whole and then from season to season because I'm sure there's going to be somebody in the bullpen right now who's pitching well or uh, that next year we're like what is wrong with this guy and obviously this year it was Josh Hader for, lunch, uh, for a few weeks and next year we could be seeing a guy who is terrible being great it's just bullpens are weird as we're seeing and The Brewers need, uh, need theirs to showcase the depth that they tried to, to add Um, moving forward, uh, looking at the standings, uh, things are, things are getting tight. Um, The St. Louis Cardinals still have a game this series uh, this afternoon against the Colorado Rockies. So this will change one way or the other unless there's rain going into the three game series against the Cardinals this weekend, Cardinals 61 and 49 with a one game lead over the 60 and 50 Milwaukee Brewers. So the division race is in full swing in the national league wildcard. Uh, the Braves hold that top spot at 66 and 46. The Phillies have second spot at 62 and 48, uh, a game up on the 63 and 51 Padres for that third and final spot who are A game up on the Brewers. Uh, They've got one more loss in the Brewers in the loss column, but three more wins in the win column. So the Brewers have uh, some games to make up on the Padres there in terms of games played. Uh, But, yeah, the narratives are are writing themselves, Adam, as we come to the stretch run of this season. Uh, I still think it's going to come down to can they catch the St. Louis Cardinals and will they make the playoffs rather than this wild card race? But, uh, you know, it's uh, a lot of things up for grabs. And now we head into a series against the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, Like you said, or like we said, these last two days were the most important days in the Brewer season until tomorrow when they face off against the St. Louis Cardinals. Friday, August. Oh, wait, we didn't do Master Brewer leaderboard. What am I doing? We didn't. Uh, Transitioning to the Master Brewer leaderboard. All this uh, reliever talk got me hot and bothered. Um, And, you know, I just got so – in the weeds on that, but master Brewer consideration. Andrew McCutcheon, three for seven, one walk, a pair of doubles, two runs, two RBI. Willie Adamas, three for eight, one walk, one run, the RBI walk off single. Rowdy Telez, one for five, a walk, the the game tying Homer in the ninth inning, two runs scored, an RBI, and then that great play in extra innings. Tyrone Taylor, one for eight, uh, one RBI, a run scored, and a home run saving catch. Trevor got two innings pitch, no runs, one walk. Matt Bush, one innings pitch, two strikeouts, zero runs, and a save in the first game of the series. I have a question based on that reliever conversation, and, you know, we've had this before. Uh, based on what he did for the bullpen and when it was needed, does Brandon Woodruff uh, deserve more consideration? We kind of talked through it at the beginning of the podcast, decided not to award him something. But are those seven innings of enough value, do we think, to add him back to this list, or are we good leaving
3: him off? This is not dissimilar to the Corbin Burns conversation we ended up having a couple of weeks ago, which is, honestly, he does probably get punished a little for his own high standards because he's made seven a routine thing. And
2: he did have, I think, Burn, or Burns didn't get the full seven innings when we had that conversation as well.
3: I look, I don't I don't have an issue if if you would like to give for one because it means well, we, we only saw Box for just one out for a different reason. You saw some pitches, all right. Um but you know, otherwise, I mean you don't necessarily have the luxury of oh box is, has knocked out at all, Hobie come in and get us out of trouble, because you would have needed both of those guys for an inning based on how things are looking if he doesn't do that. So Ultimately, that's probably essential to getting you to that point where Rowdy can hit a homer, get the game to extra innings, and you win the game. So, if you want to make that case, I have no problem with Brandon Ward of getting one. I, the homers hurt. And if you just, I, I agreed in the moment, my thought was when he gave up that last homer in the seventh, uh, that I really just wish he didn't give up that one. But I'm, Fully on board. If you think just in the context of the game and what the Brewers had to work with and what the ultimate outcome ended up being, when you have to go X trainings, if you think he deserves it,
2: I think we can leave it as is. Uh, but I wanted to have the discussion. People in the Discord, let us know your thoughts. Uh, just curious uh, because, I, like we say, this is a, a an evolving thing. We wait context. We wait consistency, and you know it's an evolving. Metric leaderboard through 108 games. Rowdy Telez leading the way strongly with 18. Christian Yelich and Corbin Burns uh, at 13. Willie adamas Andrew mccutcheon at 10. Jace Peterson has nine. Brandon Woodruff has eight. Tyrone Taylor, Colton Wong, Devin Williams, Hunter Renfro, Luisa Rios, Josh Hader with seven. Eric Lauer with six. Hobie Milner, Keston here at five. Aaron Ashby with four. Trevor Got, Jonathan Davis, Victor Caratini, Jason Alexander, Freddie Peralta at three. Brad Boxberger, Omar Narvaez. Adrian Hauser at two, Yandel Gustave, Brent Suter, Luke Barker, Peter Strezlecki, and now Matt Bush with a single beer rolling on to a weekend series against the St. Louis Cardinals. Adam, how are we
3: feeling about that? Um, just we'll see what happens. Uh, I can't lie. I, I'm, not, I'm not feeling good. I'm also just not feeling bad. We'll just we'll see what happens. It's better that they have won two games coming into it Um, it's something like that, the bullpen conversation, that's the kind of thing that lingers if you're facing three must-win games across multiple nights, how do the Brewers get the most out of what they have and stretch that it would be a great time for someone like Brad Suter is going to be in a game and possibly an important situation at some point just with the options they have, it would be a great time for him to have a really really good outing, like they're just probably going to need that from someone who is not necessarily at the forefront of our mind. They may need more of the the ilk of kind of what Matt Bush did in delivering a save and giving a really strong inning the other night. Like, that, they're going to be the kind of things that are going to be important, unless, and, you know, this would be the best approach, as you allude to earlier. If they want to score, like, double-digit runs every night, I'd be fully on board with that, and that would take care of a lot of those concerns. But I think where I'm at going into it, is they're tied for the season series it's going to be really really close again and I, I think it's going to be pretty nerve-wracking stuff where we could come out of this being like they won all three games and they could have lost them all or they lost all three games or they could have won them all and most likely it's going to be 2-1 to someone out of this series by like a razor edge one way or the other
2: this is the first time in the season where I've done my standings watching and done my schedule look ahead where it's the stakes feel to a point where you get a little nervous about watching baseball because I've you know been joking about Cardinals results, Braves results, whoever's results all season, but we're getting to stretch run time and a stretch where you got three against the Cardinals and then seven of your next um, ten, 10 games are against the Los Angeles Dodgers. like. You got to come into St. Louis and take two out of three at least, and that's very difficult because St. Louis is a very good baseball team. Um, Friday, August twelfth, seven fifteen Central start. Eric Lauer versus trade deadline acquisition Jordan Montgomery. Saturday, August thirteenth, six fifteen Central start. Corbin Burns versus Adam Wainwright.
3: And let me let me interrupt you there. We will be watching that game live on playback. If you're listening. You're going to be watching the game. If you're a Brewers fan, I'm sure you're going to be watching that game. Um, this series, they're all essentially must-watch, but particularly Corbin Burns Adam Wainwright is one that you probably don't want to miss. We'd love for you to watch with us. Um, many of you listening will be regulars in our playbacks, so you'll know the deal already. To get into the room right now, the only way you can do it is get in our Discord. If you go to gspn.info, you can fill out the Discord application form. You'll be able to chat brewers, chat books, chat packers with all of the, the various people in there. We've got really good, fun, active channels. There's always good conversation going. Um, But it is also the place to get all sorts of little exclusive tidbits. And one of those is access to our brewers' playback rooms right now. It's the only way we can do it. So we would love as many of you as possible, as many people. Let's come join in the experience uh, brewers Cardinals They're all going to be big ones Saturday is obviously going to be The swing point in the series though And potentially in the brewer's season
2: The uh, series finale on Sunday is going to be 115 central start Aaron Ashby versus Miles Michaelis And this is going to be a very interesting start for Miles Michaelis Because he's got the Colorado Blues right now And the question is does he bounce back from that Or can you further demoralize him Against the Rockies, two and two thirds innings pitched, fourteen hits, ten earned runs, uh, raised his season ERA from two nine two to three five zero. Coors Field seems beautiful, also an absolute menace to starting pitchers. Uh, It'd be interesting to see how Michaelis bounces back from that. Uh, but I think that just about about does it
3: for us. I've I mean, got I've got one more thing. I've got one more thing that. Uh, you haven't prepared for but I believe you will be prepared for should okay. we do a, a very brief update on some of the exciting prospects in the brewer's system um, of course since we last recorded Jackson Churio he homered again last night he is just absolutely tearing things up with the Timber Rattlers but he's also jumped up to number two in Baseball America's prospect rankings. So the Brewers now have the second best prospect in all of baseball. That is very exciting. And he is just, he is all conquering. <laughs> the, the stuff he is doing just seems insane, the speed at which he's doing it. Um, I Right now, I don't know what exactly is going to stop him. So we, we could talk a little on Churia, but I know there's also um, some other prospects that have been catching your eye of late. And the Brewers have been, kind of getting on with promoting guys um, up the ranks too. So we have a few players getting a step closer to actually getting to the major leagues.
2: Yeah, Chorio is obviously the, the standout name, but South Freelicks, since being promoted to Nashville in seven games is on fire. Hit a uh, a triple that he absolutely scorched to center field yesterday. 385 batting average, 484 OBP, five. 5- 38 slug percentage in that small sample. And I think one of the things we were talking about around the trade deadline is what kind of profile of a bat can we add to this lineup that would make the biggest impact. And it was a contact hitter that, you know, isn't striking out a ton and Frelick seems like he's going to be that guy. I mean, he's been that guy at the minor league level. Um, will he be that guy at pro ball? Who knows? So in uh, high a started the year 2022 in high a 21 games, uh, 15.2 percent k rate uh in double a lowered it to 13 percent and the seven games <laughs> 32 played appearances in triple a he's got a three percent k rate so a guy that makes a lot of solid contact and can play all three outfield positions very excited about uh what Freelick could become next year who knows he might be a candidate for a september call-up when the uh rosters expand uh bryce terang has has turned it around lately it had a Stretch during the season where he was scuffling, he's got that his overall numbers back to 288, uh, 358, 402 for a seven, uh, six zero OPS. Um, I believe he hit a homer yesterday or the day before, eight homers on the year. Um, obviously, he brings versatility second, uh, short or short second, a little outfield. Uh, a lot of exciting stuff. Este Ruiz has uh, hasn't uh, started off great after a a first a good first few games in uh, Nashville him and Joey Weimer have been a little slower to 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 get going there but obviously still exciting prospects and you just have a lot of reasons for optimism beyond this season Jefferson uh, Caro was promoted from from the Carolina Mudcats uh, to the Timber Rattlers as well so another guy to look for when you go there you've got uh jace avena in carolina with the mudcats who had uh been i think playing in arizona complex ball for the beginning of this season uh he uh can't stop hitting homers in complex ball and now that's carrying over to carolina uh eric brown made his debut for the carolina mudcats uh recently and hit a homer Uh, i'm excited to hopefully get uh over to zebulon to to see him play so i mean and then uh Robert Moore, big game Bob, uh, made his debut with uh, the Mudcats and hit a double, I think, yesterday or the day before. So Eric Brown, Jr., Robert Moore, Jace Avena over in Carolina, Jefferson Caro, Jackson Shoria with the Timber Rattlers, Joey Weimer, Ruiz, Fre- uh, Freelick, and Bryce Terang in Nashville. This is a, uh, a, uh, a farm system that was probably ranked towards the bottom tier of Major League Baseball going
3: into the season. It, it was like, like 22nd the... or 23rd coming into the season, right?
2: Yeah. And I think just with the draft and just internal improvements from guys, they've at least like the top of the system looks really good. And that's very exciting.
3: Yeah. Jason like just for, you know, obviously for someone like you who can make the trip to Zabon and things with the Mudcats. A lot of fun. Jackson Churio is there. He moves on. Jason a three games, three home runs. <laughs> it's pretty good. Particularly before he got to the Mudcats, 10 home runs and 36 games on the season before that. Uh, so, yeah, a good reason. Basically at all levels right now across the resistance, be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go and look there. It's maybe Biloxi who had the hardest hit because they had – really a whole group of studs there for most of the first half of the season. And a lot of those guys have now made the jump up to, to Nashville, but you look at what's coming behind. It's not going to be long before um, there's a whole lot of really, really good and exciting stuff with the Shuckers again, either.
2: And that was even me failing to mention Garrett Mitchell, who again, hasn't gotten off to the quickest start with, uh, with Nashville, but does, does have a Homer in, in six games. And, uh, I think, and I promise I'll get off of this, but you, you set me going on a path and to get excited about prospects. So, uh, I guess that's what I'm doing, but what, what I love about, uh, kind of some of the other developments that have happened or some of the draft picks is that we're, we're all talking about outfielders. It's like, we got loaded outfielders, loaded outfielders, loaded outfielders. And now with Caro. You're talking about a catcher, obviously Jay Savina, You add another outfielder, but with Brown and Moore coming into the system and Terang starting to bounce back, you've also got some middle of the infield talent as well that's, that's showcasing itself. So, uh, yeah, if this season goes awry, just watch uh, watch prospect highlights uh, all day, every day, and that'll that'll be that'll be good. That'll make you happy.
3: Yeah, having having a number two prospect of baseball is fun. That's exciting. That's something that people can really get behind. It's even better when you can look down beyond that and you're like, oh, you know what? There's other good stuff here too. Like, Whatever way the Brewers ultimately end up using that talent, um, they will have tools to make trades. With, <laughs> not, to, not to open that kind of worms again, but they they really will. And like, increasingly, it looks like their assets are getting better and better because of the development work that's happening within their own system. And there's a whole glut of outfielders, and that's good because the team certainly needs some outfield help. But you'll be able to let those guys develop and pick and choose and then have some useful pieces you can maybe package in trades down the line for other positions that need to. So things are looking pretty promising on that front. That is something that in the ups and downs of the season worth worth um, not losing sight of. All right, that does it for us. That's healthy update on the Rays. Look ahead to the Cardinals and a minor league check-in. Make sure you subscribe to Cruising for a Bruising to never miss an episode. Um, our next one is obviously going to be a big one. It's going to be pretty consequential in terms of how the Brewer season is. And after that, we've got the Dodgers. Like this is, this is the biggest stretch of the season by far. There's no contest. Um, if you haven't been exactly locked in, I'm reluctant to encourage you to do so because I don't know. It may lead in great pain for you over the next 10 days, two weeks. But in terms of stakes, in terms of meaningful Brewers baseball, this would be the moment. You'll get all of it from us. We'll continue to cover it here. If you want to get Andrew's Master Brewer leaderboard write ups, you should subscribe to the Substack, gspn.substack.com. That way, all the pod episodes and those write ups go directly to your inbox. Again, we will be watching on Saturday. Brewers Cardinals, please join us. Join us, get in the chat. Um, It will hopefully be a lot of fun to do so. Go to gspn.info, fill out the Discord form, and we will get you added and you'll have access to the link. I think that's pretty much it for now. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Adam.